This is episode 546 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, I have a special interview with Rich of SHTF and Go.com. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually in an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. So links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Well, everyone, I have a great episode for you today. Again, interview with Rich of shtfandgo.com. We talk about water and we talk about it from many different points of view. So I know it's going to be one that you are going to be very interested in listening to. So I'm going to stop yapping and I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this interview with Rich of shtfandgo.com. Hey, Rich, thanks so much for joining us on this interview today. I'm, I'm glad you're here with us. Well, thank you, Todd. I, uh, I appreciate the offer. So, uh, Great, great. So we're going to be talking about water. Uh, I know that when, uh, we, when I think about water, I know SHTF and Go is an advertiser. I'm going to just go ahead and say that up front. It's an advertiser on Prepper website. But when I think about water, I think about you guys. I've seen some of the videos that you've put out and some of the, you know, the gear that you have and some of the water filters and things like that. So I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about water because it's so, so important. So before we get started talking about some specifics, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and as it, how it relates to preparedness and how you got involved with SHTF and Go? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm an outdoors person. I've been that my entire life. I've hiked and backpacked and and camped around the world, actually. And uh, I, uh, about 20 years ago or so, I needed a way to uh, to purify water on a campsite in northern Wisconsin. So I started doing some research and developed a little system that uh, turned into all my buddies wanted them, all the hunting cabins, and we started building them for just friends and family. And uh, here we are 20 years later, we build, uh, you know, two patented uh, water distiller systems that can operate off grid. And, you know, so yeah, we, uh, we do a lot of humanitarian work as well. So we have uh, systems that go uh, overseas for missionary groups and, and church groups that are uh, needing to purify water where they're at. So That's awesome, man. Uh, that's great. So what, when you, well, I, and so I'll just kind of go off a little bit here. When dealing with those missionaries and stuff like that, um, what kind of feedback have you received from them? Because, I mean, I, a lot of people know that I'm involved in, with ministry, and so that's always one of the things that, you know, that interests me. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, the biggest problem with uh, getting your people uh, overseas is keeping them healthy, you know. So uh, listeria, uh, you know, E. coli, coliform are typical bacterial, uh, you know, uh, uh, contaminations that's in, you know, either well water or surface water. So being able to handle those and, uh, you know, you, you get you get infected with, uh, a bad strain of listeria, not only can you die, but you, uh, you can't drink enough water, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just getting those systems in the hands of people, and it's a portable system that they can build when, when they're over there. And typically, you know, most of the, the groups that we work with, they order on a biannual or annual basis to take over there with every group that goes, you know. So, 
Um, so it works out really well. Um, you know, we do those obviously under our nonprofit, HelpingWater.org. But um, you know, that's it. Feels good to be able to you know you know give back to you know society and the community in that way. So I, I'm just uh, again, I'm, I'm curious. So when you do that, I'm, I'm assuming some of the ministers, the missionaries that utilize some of this, are are they? Uh, preppers are they you know do but maybe maybe not maybe they are but when they come back from that and they realize how important water is does that change their mind about maybe needing one for their own home correct <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> yeah, we, we have a lot of uh of uh, uh you know repeat business on the domestic side because of going overseas and seeing what these systems can do um you know uh you know our our most uh, our most popular system that we sell is our Gravistill. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a it's a um, a water distiller that can operate non-electrically. So you could run it on a wood stove, a gas fire, anything. But what makes it unique, it can also operate as a gravity filter, kind of like a Berkey or or you know any of those systems. So so those uh, those typically uh, get purchased upon arrival back in the states from uh, missionary groups once they see the power of uh, of clean water, of going from non to clean water, basically. So, uh, there's nothing like experience to be able to tell you, "Hey, I need something like this." If it's yes. bad, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's move into uh, bringing it back, I guess, to uh, everyday people that are maybe not going to missionary work or doing missionary work and stuff like that. So, water is so important to us, uh, yet the only source that most people have is only coming from the tap. And so is, is that a problem? And if that, is that a problem? Why? And I'm not even talking about disaster scenarios. I'm not talking about emergency. I'm just talking about right now, if I was thirsty and all I had was my tap, I go turn it on and, and, and grab a drink of water. Is that an issue right now? Well, yes. Uh, and is the short answer. Um, you know, it doesn't take, uh, you know, you have to do very much research to realize that our infrastructure for water distribution in this country is very, very old. Um, not only is it old, but I mean, you go from, uh, you know, a hundred year old system that ties into, you know, the water plant or the water uh, towers in your local area. If you're in a, you know, a, an urban area, you're going to see these water towers sticking around up. Um, well, those are very old. I mean, yeah, most people can remember them always being there. So just think about how old the waters, the laterals, that water comes to your home in. Then once it gets to your house, if you live in an old home, you more than likely have leaded pipes on the laterals coming up. And uh, modern homes have plastic pipe, which, you know, they say is safer, but um, that's not, I, I don't, that's not a natural occurring compound, <laughs> you know. Um, when you start talking about, uh, you know, you know, BPAs and PBCs, which are plastic, you know, uh, basically it's a resin that they use to make plastics. Um, you know, that's been around since the 50s. Um, but, uh, you know, that stuff is not designed, uh, uh, we weren't designed to absorb that type of, uh, you know, product. So I worry about that stuff. So I don't drink water out of the tap. We're well here, and our property up north, we're completely off-grid. We actually drink water out of the out of the river. We pump it from the river. But, um, you know, so we purify everything. Our water distiller and our gravity systems are the only means that we, you know, use for drinking water. 
Great. And, and that's something that I thought about, you know, the lines coming from, you know, from, from the water treatment plants, from all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't see, and, and I'm out in the suburbs of Houston, I don't see a lot of work out there on new pipes being <laughs> yeah. anything like that, man. <laughs> yeah. They connect the lead up to the plastic, up to the steel, up to the fiberglass, up to the this, up to the that, you know. And so by the time you get your water, it's it's gone through a hundred years of evolution of, uh, you know, different pipes, basically. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I know up here, I mean, you know, Wisconsin was founded in, you know, 1858, I think, or 1861. You know, so uh, there's still stuff around from then, you know, so... It's pretty crazy, you know, especially down in Milwaukee, some of the older parts. But, um, you know, they didn't know back then. They didn't even they didn't even have, you know, means of knowing what was making you sick back then, you know. <laughs> and we're drinking water out of that technology. So, yeah, we need to, uh, you know, obviously uh, update our infrastructure that way. I, I wonder about big cities like, let's say, New York, you know. And, I mean, what... I don't know, man, having a little earthquake and her, or, you know, having some, some other kind of failures. Right. And yeah. those people would be sunk. You know, I just, yes. I just think about that and how important it is uh, to, to have a way to purify water. All right. Well, it, it is the most important thing your body needs. Three days is, is the limit to you living without water, you know, and in a regular circumstance. Um, you know, so uh, so other than shelter in Wisconsin, well, we know it. You can freeze in the matter of of minutes if I were to run outside at certain times of the year. But um, other than shelter, I mean, water is the most important. You know, I could live personally. I've got a little bit of a weight on me. I could live for thirty days without eating. I wouldn't want to. You know, but uh, <laughs> I could do it if I needed to. But water, you definitely have to have. So. So as we were talking about water filters is, you know, if I go to my refrigerator right now, I can get water from my refrigerator. Is mm -hmm. that water filter in there? Is that enough? Well, it may be. Um, you know, we don't know what your water has in it, uh, if anything. Um, so, you know, most people will go down and have their wells checked every year, you know, here locally. Uh, we do have um, listeria and uh, E. coli problems when we flood. Now, we're up on a hill, so we don't have to usually worry about that. But, um, uh, you know, people that rely on city water, um, you're trusting that somebody is, you know, didn't open the wrong gate valve or do this or that. You know, who knows? You know, right. you have no way of knowing. Now, typical refrigerator filter is usually a, a, uh, an ion exchange filter. It's just to soften the water. Um, sometimes they might have active carbon in it. You'll just have to look at your specific model to see what actual compounds are in it. There may be compounds in it that uh, that add, you know, contaminants to the water, but remove something else. You know, uh, there's a lot of aluminum used in uh, in water filters. So, but um, you know, so I would say typically a a refrigerated water filter isn't going to filter out pathogens. That's not what it's designed for. It's to make the water taste good, which is softening, usually, and that's ion exchange resin is what they typically use in those things. So that's not going to handle any type of bacterial or anything. So, is there is there one place that you know of that we could possibly go if we had uh, a refrigerator and we wanted to check to see 
what kind of filter we had or what kind of uh, what people are saying out there or is it just kind of you just need to do your own research on your own refrigerator yeah yeah each each refrigerator has you know there's a couple hundred different types of filters that uh, attach to refrigerators so yeah we haven't even researched you know we just look at the bulk of them and see what they're made out of. But um, you, know, you have to understand that, you know, a refrigerator filter needs water pressure. Um, you know, in an emergency, you won't have that. <laughs> so uh, power goes out, pumps stop, water tower is empty, and, um, and gravity uh, doesn't, uh, you know, pump water uphill, obviously. So, so that's why, uh, you know, you need to have some kind of uh, a storage system, typically, if you're going to stay in a home. Um, or some kind of purification system that operates, you know, independently of electricity. So, so let, let's, that's a good transition. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, so what are some ways that preppers or anybody who is preparedness minded, self-reliant minded, um, ways that they can treat water? So, and I always talk about having multiple ways. I mean, you come into my home, I'm going to have multiple ways to be able to do this just in case one of them fails. But what, what are some ways out there that you would recommend as being kind of that water expert for preppers to be able to treat their water and have safe water for their family to drink? All right. Well, the most simple um, is boiling. You know, so uh, in South uh, Carolina, I know after the hurricanes uh, uh, two years ago now, they, they issued a statewide boil warning. So, you know, that uh, that's the simplest way to kill pathogens. Now, that doesn't do anything for any of the other chemicals, <laughs> you know. Uh, you're not going to boil lead off of your water. So, so that's, that handles the immediate threat of having a pathogen, uh, you know, born illness from water. Uh, second way is, is bleach. Uh, bleach, you know, sodium hydrochloride, hydrochloride uh, if I said that right, uh, is the best way to, uh, to do it. Now, I don't like drinking chlorinated or bleach water, but... Um, uh, that would definitely uh, make it safe. Six drops of bleach per gallon of water. Now, uh, I'm of a different mindset. There's a lot of people out there that have articles about storing water and maintaining it and doing all that. But water doesn't expire. You know, H2O is H2O is H2O. So, yeah, it can get contaminated, but with the proper treatment at time of use, um, using bleach or using a water filter system, you can uh, purify it as needed. So I don't add bleach to our water storage. I don't you know, add any chlorine or anything to any of our water storage. And we have a couple thousand gallons that are available. Plus we have a, a you know, we, we're a little different. We have a manual and a uh, DC powered pump. So we can run our well off of solar panels or, or any of that stuff. So, uh, so it's a little different system than what most people have. But if you're storing, um, you know, just putting a little bit of bleach in it at the time of use and uh, you're more than, you know, within safety ranges for pathogens. So, Okay. So we talked about uh, boiling. we talked about uh, using bleach. What, what are some other ways that you would recommend that preppers have to make, that they make sure that they have enough water? Sure. Okay. Well, in the event that you, uh, you don't, uh, you know, th th those are systems that you can do very simply. The gravity water filter systems uh, using a ceramic filter to, uh, you're basically mechanically separating pathogens from the water. So that's, those are the systems that we actually build. Um, we also build the uh, water distiller systems. Now those need energy. 
So uh, as an example, most electric water distillers um, consume 700 watts to 1,000 watts of energy per hour. Um, with our system, it can run on electricity, gas, propane, wood. Uh, so it doesn't really matter, um, you know, the, the source of water that you're going to be uh, using for the distiller. Um, another method is UV sterilization. Now, there are some good systems out there, and there are some systems that just don't put out uh, the wattage you need to actually effectively kill pathogens. So, um, so you just got to be careful about what you're doing with that. Um, we have a system called the, the Gravity Well Ultra that actually has a UV in it, but we're also relying 99.99% on that ceramic filter to do its work. So it's basically just a safeguard for the filter. But um, so those are basic ways. Now, the only problem with storing water, you know, is that in a major disaster where you had to evacuate, uh, you're not going to load that 55-gallon drum. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And, and when you set it up, and you set it, you're not going to be moving. You're not going to move it. So make sure it's where you want it to be. Um, you know, at eight pounds per gallon, uh, it adds up quick. So... Having a way to, to portably take your water with you uh, via a water filtration system or sterilization purifier, um, that's obviously a, a, something that you need to have if you're going to have to leave your property in an emergency. So, you know, I mean, the, the whole bug out scenario and all that stuff, you definitely need to have something that's portable. Okay, gotcha. So let me, can I run you through just a scenario, just somebody who... Let's say there, there's people out there who have, they watch this video or, you know, they, they listen to the podcast they, or they read an article, they realize that they need to have a, you know, a way to purify water. So they buy something and then the, the poop hits the fan, right? And then they, they need water. So they go out, they have maybe one of these retention ponds uh, out there. So I don't know where you live, out where I live, we have all these retention ponds yeah. that when it floods. And really, that's what it's supposed to be, right? It's, they have these nice water features and all that kind of junk. But when it floods, they fill up with water, and that's their real purpose. So they see all this water out there. They go grab that water. They bring it into their home. So what is the next steps for them to have clean water to be able to, to give their family? All right. Well, um, if they were to use surface water, which there is no – there, there is no source of surface water on the planet that isn't contaminated today. Okay, so you must assume that the water is contaminated. We're not, we're not the pioneers from you know, <laughs> 150, 200 years ago that uh, have immune systems that can handle you know, cryptosporidium and, and different things that, that they're, they, they got accustomed to it. You know, I mean, it, it, it was basically uh, an immunity issue. So, Today, you have to minimally boil the water, okay, and then uh, treat it perhaps with, you know, a couple drops of bleach. Um, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to drink surface water because of all the petroleum products, the runoff, the roads, the asphalt, all that stuff. So I would go to the next step of using a, uh, a carbon black ceramic filter and a gravity system. So um, those absorb the most, uh, you know, Petroleum, pesticides, lead, all those things are remediated at a 90 to 95% rate. And uh, then they also remove the bacterial portion, you know, so, so the contamination uh, level is reduced to minimal. Now, for us, we distill water. <laughs> we haven't, uh, 
I've been drinking distilled water for 20 years, and uh, that's pretty much all I ever drank. Uh, we have a bun coffee, you know, bun coffee makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's from 1999. We've never cleaned it. Wow. So <laughs> if everyone drank distilled water and got used to it, you know, it's a, it's a it, you have to kind of get used to the taste of distilled water. But um, uh, I love it because uh, if we everybody drank that, they would uh, we put the coffee making uh, business out of business. I'm sure because you'd never have to buy another one. But um, you know, so for distilling, I'm I'm removing everything from the water. I'm only getting pure water. You know, so uh, so some people don't like the taste of that. I just say I I like I enjoy it. Um, you can also desalinate with uh, a distiller. So people that live on the coast, you have an unlimited source of water. You know, you just need to be able to uh, distill off the salt. You know, and and take the water with you. So, so what about people? Because you know, this is something that always comes up when they talk about distilled water. They talk about all the minerals don't come over. You know, the minerals yeah. and and you are. You are removing the minerals, but, um, you know, I get my minerals from my food and, uh, you know, and if I, you know, I, I don't take vitamins or anything, but I mean, I'm, uh, I'm as healthy as I can possibly be. And like I said, I, I haven't, uh, drank anything but distilled water and beer for the last, uh, 20 years <laughs> and they're both distilled uh, pretty much. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's, um, it's, you know, people get up in arms about the slightest little thing. It's not even an issue. You get all your minerals from food, from, you know, eating, you know, green vegetables and all that stuff. Uh, I've never even had an issue. And I actually, um, you know, have had recently, I had a surgery on my knee, so they did a blood test. I was curious. So I had them do the, the CDC and, the, and check everything. And um, uh, my all my levels are perfectly fine. So I've never even had an issue with it. Uh, it's kind of silly. Um, you know, you only drink anything about it. You're not diluting your body. You know, a half gallon is about what I drink a day of water. You know, I, I, I calculated it out. Um, you know, so a half gallon, so that's four pounds per day for my body. And I'm 210. It's such a small percentage of my body weight that uh, it's not even a concern. It's really so, concern. Yeah, so it shouldn't be an issue when people no. are talking about di- distilling. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know people talk about that, saying, well, you're removing, leaching the minerals out of your body. It says, what do you, stop eating? You know, you, you get all your minerals from your food. Water is not your primary source of minerals. So, Great. Okay. So hopefully, you know, the, someone will listen to this and they'll, they'll uh, get a little bit of information there <laughs> that will help them. Uh, you get past that uh, distillation aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much the only mineral that uh, comes out of your tap water is going to be calcium. Just look at your shower, you know. So uh, I, I drink milk sometimes, and I eat enough stuff that uh, has calcium in it. So, um, so yeah, that's not even an issue. So, so you mentioned storage, water storage. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's going to be a big deal because, like you said, water is heavy. You said eight pounds a gallon. Is that what, that's what you said? Yeah, that's what it weighs. So. What it weighs, eight pounds a gallon. Uh, and, you know, it takes up a lot of room and all that kind of stuff. But we should have some kind of storage, you know, in, in our homes, whatever, that, that we stock. So what are some ways that people can do it? Maybe some ways that people can do it on the cheap and then maybe some other ways if people want to do some higher end stuff as well. Okay. Well, um, the least expensive method is uh, you probably have a bathtub. 
So when there's an emergency or you get a notice of an emergency, you fill the bathtub, plug it up, and there's your water source for your, your first episode, I'll call it. If you own a home, you probably have a water heater. That's typically 40, maybe 50 gallons. Um, that's, that's a water source. You have 50 gallons of water stored already. Um, the, uh, uh, when you move out of you know, what's already in the home and you're not getting, you, know, you want something special, um, you can buy, uh, you know, typically fairly inexpensively for $10 a piece, uh, recycled, uh, these blue recycled 55-gallon drums. Um, they do require some cleaning, especially if you don't know what was in it. I would not buy one that you didn't know had food-grade products in it. Like the, uh, you know, we actually have them in our shop here locally that people pick up, but they all come with dairy products, you know, so we clean them out, bleach them, let them sit out in the sun for a day or two, and then, uh, uh, you know, those are perfectly safe to use. Um, the large uh, four, uh, you know, four by four totes, same thing. Those are, uh, you know, you can find those at places. Those are the least expensive ways to go about it. Um, there are companies that make uh, specific, you know, water storage systems. And, um, and those are fine, you know, those are designed, they're virgin material, they're still plastics. Um, you know, you're not going to find anything uh, without paying an arm and a leg that isn't plastic. So, so that's where I have an issue with it. You know, we have, um, <laughs> you know, I get a little off topic here, but uh, we actually welded up our own stainless steel uh, container. So we have a thousand gallons and a stainless steel drum. So that's... I'm not taking that with me if I have to bug out. <laughs> no, you know. Even if it was empty, right? Yeah, even if it's empty, it still weighs, uh, you know, 800 pounds. So, um, so you know, but that's, that's, our, that's our backup. But I don't need that simply because I can, you know, I can pump water out of my well manually or with the solar panels. So, so, uh, so yeah, you, you know, you have to look at everybody's situation is going to be unique. If you live in an apartment, you may have to get just a couple, you know, you know, five-gallon buckets and fill them with water, um, you know, and fill your bathtub in an emergency. You know, if you uh, have a home, then you have a little more, uh, you know, a little more leeway to do with uh, you know, some custom things, basically. So, um, so you just have to look at your situation and figure out what uh, what's important to you. You know, if you're a younger family and you have a you put into place an emergency plan with your family members that you're all meeting at grandpa's house, as an example, in the event of an emergency. And I suggest everyone put a plan together. You need to talk to your family members, say, hey, if S goes down, we are meeting at this place. So you need to get here. Well, why would you store water, a 55-gallon drum, at your place? You know, you're not going to be there. So you need to go to to there and put it so so yeah just you know figure out where uh, where your logistics are and uh, what your needs are so so clarify something for me you you mentioned putting water in the in the tub um that water you know tubs have a lot of bacteria and soap and junk and sure. scum are you talking about using that for drinking water or is that going to be more for, you know, flushing the toilets and stuff like that? Well, it could be either. Um, you know, if you have a, a water filter system, you know, I will drink right out of a bathtub. I'll drink right out of a toilet, you know? <laughs> so, 
Um, you know, it all depends on what you're, you know, what you're going to be using it for. If you're cooking uh, with water, yeah, you could use it out of there. You know, I try to keep my tub clean. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to have to use the emergency water right after my brother came over into the bath. <laughs> I guess if you kept it in perspective, it's probably still cleaner than if you went out to one of those retention ponds or you grabbed water from, you know, that that would need to be pre-filtered and all that kind of stuff. Correct. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things. Do you recommend a water bob? Have you ever – a water bob is – for those that are listening, it's just this big old – piece of you know plastic that you, that you fill up in the tub yeah those are great uh i i don't see any problem with that that's actually gives you a barrier to the tub yeah. but um you know those are typically uh made out of plastics and um you know it, I, you know hey in the short term i'll drink water out of anything out of your boot you know uh if i had an emer- if i was in an emergency and i was really thirsty but um you know to uh to purposely you know, put water into uh, a plastic that's not a BPA-free, perhaps, or who knows what it is. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. You know, if it is a BPA-free plastic, you're probably pretty safe, you know? Yeah. Well, you're, you're bringing up a couple of things here. Like, the, I, I imagine that there's going to be people, if we ever get into a situation where the poop hits the fan, that they're going to be drinking water. They're going to be so thirsty that they're going to be drinking water from all kinds of places. And I don't know if you've seen some of the scenes from Venezuela right now, where they are grabbing water from sewers. And I mean, people are lined up just to grab that water. People people are thirsty and uh, that is just absolutely nuts. Right. And so eventually I, I believe you could get so thirsty that you're willing to risk something like that to have a drink of water. So, one of the things I hear you saying is you just got to plan. You got to, you got to have some options when you're, when you're thinking about your family and making sure that they are safe and they, they have drinking water, you know, in the future. Yeah. I mean, water is the number one after shelter, we'll call it. I mean, I say water is number one, most of the country, uh, you know, you're in Houston, you're not going to walk outside and freeze to death in five minutes in the middle of winter. Right. Uh, you know, up here in uh, the frozen tundra, um, you know, ha- being able to stay warm enough to stay alive is, uh, is a problem in the winter. But, um, uh, you know, so we're, we're a little more conscious about planning. You know, we had a power outage here for four days uh, in 2017. And um, it was kind of a, it was kind of a test, you know, we were excited about it. All the neighbors were freaking out, you know, but uh, you know, cause we, we were able to actually do some of our real world testing on our stuff and uh, our plans and our preparedness and everything. So, um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, people just have to put a plan together, you know, talk to your family members, say, Hey, you're in charge of this. We're going to take care of this. And, you know, because, you know, everybody needs a, a needs their family in a small community. If you're alone, uh, you know, a single person and you're going to run out in the woods with your backpack, um, you know, more power to you. That's great. I think those are fun. You know, I've done it around the world, actually, backpack. So, so um, uh, it's, um, you know, most people are going to have a family that they're trying to, be, you know, keep, keep care of and, and keep safe. So you're going to have to make some plans for that. So Definitely. That's, that's so important. All right, so you've mentioned plastic a couple of times here. So talk to us a little bit about plastic. 
and you know your ideas behind that maybe bpa plastic non-bpa and just right. a little bit of maybe what we need to be looking out for sure uh by bisphenol a uh, bpa um developed in the 50s um it's typically not used in plastics today um but you know there's still a lot of uh you know a lot of things we don't know we do use uh, plastic containers on our gravity well systems, but those are virgin plastic made by M&M uh, out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, they're designed for, you know, for the UN, United Nations, to ship food worldwide. It is a completely non-gassing plastic. So it's, in testing, it, it, it actually performs as well as stainless steel. Wow. So that's why we use them. Um, you know, people say, well, your, your containers are expensive. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, you know, we love it that we, you know, we saw our little DUI uh, filter kits. It's just a filter and you use your own buckets. We love it when people send us pictures of, uh, you know, orange Home Depot bucket made into a water filter. Hey, that's great. I would use it in an emergency. You know, I'm not going to drink out of it on a daily basis. Those buckets are made out of 50% uh, recycled material. So you have no idea what is in the plastic. You know, um, so those are things you just have to be, uh, you know, kind of conscious of. We just make a conscious effort not to purposely, you know, put ourselves at risk for that. Um, there's too many things in the in our planet uh, that, um, you know, weren't designed for humans. You know, I mean, just look at the Roundup issues and, <laughs> you know, all the things that are going on. We pump chemicals into our atmosphere and in our, into our groundwater at an amazing rate. Um, we have no idea that, you know, in 50 years, we're going to be growing, you know, three and four farms, you know, so uh, it's, it's definitely something to be concerned about. So that's why we uh, may take the extra efforts. So, um, yeah, so BPA, um, uh, you know, there's uh, other compounds, uh, plastic compounds, people are worried about microplastics and all this stuff. You know, I don't know about those. I just don't like plastics being in my body. You know, so that's why we take that extra effort uh, to use a material that is completely virgin material. So that, that's interesting. I didn't know that about your plastic bucket. So uh, let me know that again. What was the name of them again? Yeah, uh, M&M is the company that makes them. Um, actually, on the side of our bucket is stamped uh, is actually stamped UN. It's yeah. designed for the United Nations to ship food worldwide. And the reason for that plastic being the, or being made the way it is, is that um, even at 140 degrees, so I can take our water filter system, set it out in the desert with water in it, and it can heat up to 140 degrees, and nothing transfers from the plastic to the water. Where you take a Home Depot bucket and you put it at 140 degrees, it's probably gonna melt to the floor, you know? So, uh, so it's just a completely different material. Um, you know, a lot of other companies use the same materials. Uh, I know a lot of water filter companies use that same type of uh, material. So it's, um, it's not made the way plastics used to be made um, is basically the, the bottom line. It's a safer type of plastic. Water bottles are typically made out of that now, BPA-free water bottles. So, so yeah, so that's, that's what we try to do is, uh, you know, stick with things that we know um, today have been proven to be safe 
and, uh, you know, not worry about things that uh, might be safe at some point, you know, I mean, you know, new products come out and, you know, we test our stuff. We don't release anything. Um, we have new products that we're releasing in the next couple of years, but, you know, we test them for a couple of years before we even, uh, you know, put them out on the market, you know, just to make sure that everything works according to plan. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Rich, there's going to be people uh, new to preparedness that are going to listen to this and, and watch it and, and all that good stuff. And they're listening to everything that you say, right? So new preppers or new people to preparedness, what would you recommend if they needed to get set up? They wanted to get set up with, you know, water filter or they wanted to get, get set up with having water for their family. What would you recommend for a brand new prepper right now? Well, uh, like I said, first of all, you know, make a list. Um, there are some uh, prepper checklists or emergency checklists. We have one on our website. I think you have them on your site as well. Um, you know, so that gives you a guide of where you're, you know, where you need to look and and uh, where your shortcomings are. You know, do you have enough food stored? Do you have enough water? Do you have blankets in the car and all this stuff type of thing? So. Uh, you know, be able to grab things quickly. So that's the first thing you need to do to, um, to, you know, prepare for, a, uh, uh, you know, water, you know, your water issues. Um, you know, look at your situation. Uh, every situation is going to be different to purify water on the fly. You're going to need a portable system. So obviously our systems work. There's other systems out there. Um, you know, I'm not just going to sit here and beat our drum and say that we're the best in the world. There's other companies that make similar products to us. Um, and they're just as good as ours, you know, um, other than our distiller. We have two patents. On that. So nobody, copy, nobody copy that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's that's what's interesting is that uh, there's a lot of good products out there. Um, you know, we prefer people buying them from us, obviously. It helps us with our other situations uh, and our other work that we do. But um, anyway, so that's how I would start is make a plan, uh, figure out, you know, a simple water filter system is just one of our do-it-yourself gravity systems. They're cheap. Um, you get the filter, the nozzle, the instructions, and uh, it makes a fun little project with your kids in the garage. Um, you know, you need two drill bits and you can make yourself a water filter fairly easily. So, Awesome. Awesome. Are there any other pieces of information that you think are very important for preppers to know when it comes around the whole water, you know, issue, maybe things that, maybe something that you've always wanted to say, you read an article, you watch a video, you listen to a podcast, something that you've always wanted other preppers to know that just never really gets out there. Boy, um, that's, that's a big a question. question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there's always things, you know, you, you, you're listening to someone. I'm like, man, you know, yeah. hit it from this point of view or yeah. talk about it from this. And so, I mean, you could, you could think about that one for a little bit, I guess. If, yeah. I was going to say now, now I need to sound profound, right? You know, yeah. Take us to the mountain and all that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. but are there any other things that, as you're thinking about that, you know, any other things that, preppers can do to make good decisions around their water, you know, things that, that you would say, man, this needs to happen. Make sure, I mean, I know we talked about a plan and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but just, you know, anything else that you want to add there? Well, you know, the thing that I, I, I guess, you know, you and I might look at life a little differently. You know, um, we have families that we're trying to take care of. So just 
as if you're driving down the road. Here's a good example. Driving down the road and a car is coming in front of you or something. I always, in my mind, I'm thinking, if that car swerves, I need to go there instantly. You know, how am I going to handle that? My mind is always turning like that so that I'm going to keep my kids in the back seat safe if this happens. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to go through life like that. You don't need to be negative. There's not, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, you got to go through life afraid of everything. But um, you definitely need to think in a mindset. It's like, if power went out in my home for two weeks or a month or uh, six months, how would we handle that? What do we need to do to prepare our system, you know, our home and our family for that? Um, you know, pooling resources, I think, are great. You know, uh, having a small community here where we're out, and we're out in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. Okay, so, uh, you know, I could tell you how to get here and you still wouldn't find us. But, um, uh, you know, we have neighbors uh, that are, that are you know, fairly close within a half hour, <laughs> no, within a half mile, um, that, uh, you know, that we could, um, we can rely on. We've talked to them. They, they're, they're in full agreement with us. You know, some people might think you're crazy, you know, the world's going to end, you know, the sky's falling in, the whole chicken little thing. Um, But, uh, you know, there are people that are going to respond to that saying, hey, you know, we get flooded here, as an example. You know, what are your plans? How are you handling that? We're doing this. Maybe you could do that. And then, you know, we have a generator and you have a generator and this and, you know, so you're, you're just starting to think about what's going to happen. Most people don't do that until it's too late, you know. So uh, start thinking about that. Storing your food. You know, we, uh, we sell some, you know, long-term storage food that actually tastes pretty good, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, there's, you can store cans. You can store rice and, and, and do all the things that you need to do when that emergency happens. Um, you know, being able to heat your home here in Wisconsin is a big deal. That's why we manufactured the rocket stoves originally is to run our distiller and to uh, be able to heat in an emergency. So you have to think about those things depending on your location. Good, good advice. And I love the idea of you talking about the community and getting others involved. I think for so long, the preparedness community has always focused on, you know, the lone wolf or just my family and I, and that's it. But really in a real situation, you're going to need more people. You're going to need people to come together um, for, for all the different various reasons. So I'm I'm glad to hear you talk like that. And, and I love the example that you said about going down the road, what, you know, you're already starting to foresee maybe some things that you need to do, right. And you're planning ahead and that's a great analogy for where we're at because you can look at where we are right now in society and you can say, hey, if this goes sideways, if this goes sideways, there's so many things that can go sideways right now. Yeah. So if, you, if you are looking at all those things, you're like, okay, I need to make some decisions. I need to be responsible to take care of my family. You know, um, I can't depend on somebody else. So glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in, in uh, you know, society, you know, being overly good uh, to a certain extent. There's always going to be bad actors, you know, and I know uh, firearms are, you know, a heavy 
theme in the prepping community and everything. And hey, we're we're an FFL dealer. Actually, we sell guns. You know, I, I love shooting guns. I love hunting. Um, but that's not the first thing I think of in prepping. You know, um, being able to defend my family. Sure. You know, but my neighbor will defend my family as well. I know that because he and I have worked out, you know, a deal that we're going to help each other, you know. So having that, having that is, is uh, definitely, you know, a good, um, a good thing to start working on is just having your family get together, having a little chat. It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom and, you know, the end of the world is coming and kumbaya stuff, you know. So you need to you need to really just think about okay if this happens this is what we need to do. Good, awesome. So if people wanted to connect with you and learn more about what you have, uh, you know, in your in your business SHTF and go, where can they go? Um, tell us what you have available for other people wanting to learn more. Sure. Well, our website is uh, <laughs> is probably the first place, um, and a lot of people laugh at it, including our bank. Uh, our bank tellers, um, <laughs> uh, SHTF and go. So that's stuff hits the fan, a N D G O.com. Um, that's our main site. Uh, our sister site is helpingwater.org. That's associated with our nonprofit work that we do and our missionary work overseas. So, uh, so those are the two areas. Um, we do have a lot of videos on our YouTube channel about our products um, you know, we, uh, we, we've taken a lot of them down over the years because the products have changed and, you know, things have been moving on. We're a small manufacturer in Burlington. You know, we only employ seven people and, uh, you know, we make a lot of, uh, make a lot of fun little projects and, and products. So, um, but, uh, going to the YouTube, you just search, uh, SHTF and go. It's all one word. Um, and uh, we pop up on Google and all that stuff, so you know you can search it there as well. But uh, but that's um, you know your site is a lot of information on yours, you know. So uh, definitely start there as well. Um, and then uh, you know if you want local information about uh, about emergency preparedness, uh, contact your lo local municipalities. They actually do have a plan, believe it or not. Um, you know, here in Burlington, Wisconsin, uh, we actually helped develop our local action plan for emergencies. We worked with them on that. So, uh, so yeah, there, there's a lot of cities uh, and townships that have a plan in place. Um, they'll be able to give you some information about what you need to do, you know, minimally. Um, then you can go from there. If you want to uh, be called a prepper, you know, then, uh, then you're going to have to work on it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that uh, you know you need to prepare for a little different emergencies and disasters, and uh, yes, even end of the world perhaps. But um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, you know that's that's where I would start is just start with those uh, you know the, that information and move from there. So if someone does purchase, let's say, a water filter from you or any of the other gear, um, do y'all provide support? Or do y'all have yes. that available? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're we're in the shop. Uh, Typically from eight to six, Monday through Friday. Uh, usually on the weekends as well. Um, somebody's always answering. Our welding shop runs, uh, you know, sixteen hours a day. We, we barely keep up with stove production now. Um, but uh, you know, so we—I uh, don't know if we're, we never even talked about that—but we make rocket stoves, super high efficient, uh, you know, emergency heating stoves and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, we make those in Burlington as well as all the water filter systems. So. 
All right. So there's a, a lot of stuff. I'm just going to recommend everyone just to go over to shtfngo.com and go look at all the different uh, you know, things that they have there, not just water, water filters and stuff like that, but all the other stuff, the rocket stoves and, and uh, things to make preparedness just a little bit easier. Uh, and of course, I'm going to link to it in the description. Okay. And you can link to it. I mean, people can click on it right away, but also on Prepper website, there's always the link there as well. So, all right, Rich. Hey, man, I appreciate you so much coming and uh, being a part of this interviewing interview and sharing with us some of your ideas on water filtration and just preparedness. And we uh, we really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Todd. I, I enjoyed it. So, all right. Have a day. All right, man. God bless. God bless you. All right. Well, Rich, thank you once again, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that interview. You know, from time to time, I like to call on people from the preparedness community just to share their knowledge. It's always great to hear things from other people's perspective, right? Preparedness from other people's perspective and where they're coming from. You know, I have my views and my opinions, especially coming from where I live, you know, in Houston, in the suburbs, and then hearing other people from other parts of the country where they live and how they prepare. And so uh, I know that that was a, a blessing to you. And so I would welcome you to click on the link to head on over to shtfandgo.com and just go check out some of their things. Well, guys, that is it for episode 546. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.